Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Officer Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now. Yes, that was the Sex Pistols opening up today's show. You know what? England on to the semifinal for the first time since 1990 at the World Cup. So I said to Brendan, why don't you roll with some God Save the Queen? I was thinking of the more classical version of God Save the Queen, not the Sex Pistols version, which is sort of a... Uh, you wanted some jam. If I recall, said. I can't hear a word you're saying, Brendan. You so. wanted some jam. What's going on there? I don't know. We got a communication error <laughs> taking place. All right. Well. Cannot hear a word. See if you can uh, work on that. But uh, this is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor. Digitech 630 Ched uses Digitex for their printers and service there is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at big savings at digitexsupplies.ca. Yes, that was God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, who had a uh, short-lived uh, career, obviously. Uh, Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten. Uh, Sid... Well, it was what it was for him. Not good uh, in the end. Uh, this is Oilers Now coming up on uh, today's show. At 12.15, Ryan Strom, who signed a two-year extension with the Edmonton Oilers on Friday. Andre Tarigny, he is the head coach of Canada's team for the 2018 Holinka Gretzky Cup. He will join us today at 105 from the Athletic, James Myrtle out of Toronto. And we'll get to a bunch of other stuff as well. Brendan, I think you can jump in now. And see if, if uh, we got you. Do we have you? Do you have me? I got there you loud you and clear. Okay. What were you saying there? I was just saying you wanted something with some jam. So, so you just open up with the Sex Pistols to yeah. start the show. You don't have the more classical version of God Save the Queen that they sing uh, during the course of their various uh, football games uh, involving England. It's been a long time since England's been in this position in the Final Four. Very unheralded squad at the World Cup. Uh I know some people uh, took some exception when I suggested that I felt bad for Russia, and a lot of you apparently still harbor ill resentment to Russia dating back uh, 30, 40, 50 years, but I felt bad for the Russians on Saturday during the World Cup, uh, watching them lose to Croatia. Croatia was a little bit better. England certainly much better than Sweden in the opening game that day. How about the uh, the two finals, or the two semifinals? Pretty good stuff, though. France against Belgium in the World Cup, and then England set to take on Croatia. Uh, so, hey, it's like uh, it's like the Euro, only 
it's the World Cup. Yeah, we got lots of hockey to get to, a little bit of soccer to talk about. The Edmonton Eskimos coming off, uh, frankly, a, a very disappointing performance as well. Here's how you get hold of us in Oilers now. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree has got the Little River Band uh, that'll take place August 16th at the River Cree, and then Steve Earl and the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Row, September 23rd. You can email us at oilersnow at 630chad.com. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get you a new ride. We are on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. Thursday this week, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, HRA, live racing every Friday and Saturday night at Northlands Park. Were you able to find uh, one of the, the classical versions of uh, God Save the Queen? What do you think? Can you... Anyways, that Sex, uh, I, I believe it was Malcolm McLaren was the manager of the band for the Sex Pistols back in the day, and he was one of those guys that was ahead of his time in terms of how to uh, drive interest and do shocking things for society. And at that time, uh, that was <laughs> the Sex Pistols were about as out there as there was. And I'll be honest, kind of predates my early uh, music uh, experiences. I mean, they were like 77, 78, and uh, I was didn't find out about them until uh, years later working at CJSR at the campus radio station, which uh, obviously had, you know, loved the uh, the counterculture bands out there. They had one that was Canadian, Me, Mom, and Morgenthaler, which took a shot off at the way Canadian society worked back in the day. All right, uh, we will uh, have... On the show today, Ryan Strom. Man, there's been a lot of talk about Milan Lucic as well. Brendan, can you believe all the stuff that's going on uh, out there? I know that there was a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say a verbal tete-tete, but a conversation via Twitter uh, on some comments and some pieces that uh, David Staples wrote. David's an aggregator where he accumulates various different Oilers stories and then comments on them. That's his deal. That's his shtick. Um, I think Frank Cervelli, who, uh, full disclosure, if we could, we would be using Frank on this show on a weekly basis. Okay, let's establish that right here. Uh, Frank obviously works for TSN. Uh, TSN and Bell operate another station in town. I'm still in regular contact with Frank, full disclosure. Um, pretty interesting stuff over the course of the last couple of weeks on Lucic. Again, 95% belief that Milan Lucic will be back in Edmonton. I take Jerry Johansson, his agent, at his word. Milan will be 100% committed and ready to go. Uh, Lucic's problems last year, as he stated, 90% mental. That's what Lucic said at the end of the year. When a player says that to me, my response is, all right, your failure, and it was a failure over the course of the final 46 games, is 90% on you if you're saying it was 90% mental. I am not as concerned about some of the perceived physical limitations in Lucic's game because I believe he was actually in better shape at the start of last season than he was the year before in Edmonton. 
but the substantive drop-off in his play, I take Milan at his word, 90% mental, which means it's 90% on Milan, which means he has to pull it together here to get his game back to be an effective contributing member of the Edmonton Oilers. Because let's face it, when he signed the deal, and the way this works is it's not just the organization selling the player. The agency and the player sells the organization as well. And you know what? you got to live up to the contract. And he didn't do that in the last half of last year. And Milan's the type of man who will look himself in the mirror and say, i got to be a hell of a lot better. And that's my expectation. So, you know, is there a possibility he could still get moved at some stage? I suppose that possibility could exist. Is the $6 million price point for five more years a concern? It is when a guy has one goal in his final 46 games of the season. Uh, so he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to put it together, pull it back together, and be an effective contributing, not top nine, top six member of the hockey team. Okay? Top six member of the hockey At that price point, you have to contribute and be a key player. So it's on him. And he says it's 90% mental. I take him at his word. I believe he's strong enough to, to get his game back and be an effective player. Sometimes when there's negative energy around a guy and he's snake bit and he's not going, things manifest and it gets worse than it, it should be. And I think that that happened for a couple guys last year uh, with the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. So Milan's going to have to be a lot better. He's capable of being better. And he can be, now, will he be a 25-goal, 55-point guy? I suppose he could. Realistically, can he be a 17 to 20 goal guy with 45 points that keeps some players honest? I think that's a more realist, uh, a realistic expectation. The other 5%, again, 95% back, the other 5%, never say never because you never know exactly what's going to happen, right? I mean, if we told you in the summer of uh, 1988, after the Oilers had won their fourth Stanley Cup in five years, that Wayne Gretzky would be traded in July of that year, you would have said, you're crazy. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Ryan Strom in in 45 seconds time here on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back everybody. It's 1217 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Friday, the Edmonton Oilers uh, who had qualified restricted free agent Ryan Strom, extended him with a two-year contract. And we are pleased to uh, momentarily bring Ryan aboard as soon as I hit the right buttons there. There we go. Ryan, it's Bob. How you doing? Going all right? Yeah, all is good. All is good. Uh, well, f- first things first. Uh, I mean, obviously, just your thoughts on uh, getting a two-year extension done and, and maybe an opportunity to, to showcase what you can do for the organization over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, really excited. I think, uh, obviously, with you know arbitration rights, it's, uh, 
happened a little bit quicker than my last contract. I think I was waiting until like September 5th or 6th last time around. So uh, nice to get it out of the way. It didn't take too long. And I'm um, happy with the, uh, the faith Peter and the organization put in me. And also a great opportunity for myself to continue to grow. And uh, I think I, you know, towards the end of the year, found a little bit of a home for myself and um, kind of worked in a little bit of a comfort zone. So hopefully I can uh, improve on that. And, you know, be a piece of, uh, be a part of a, a big part of a, you know, big piece of a great team, and, uh, you know, I'm just excited for that opportunity. Tell me this, uh, how much of an adjustment was it for you to, you know, go from playing uh, for the Islanders uh, in New York uh, to playing in a intense uh, all-in hockey market like Edmonton? Yeah, it was different. I actually really enjoyed it. I, uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, the support um, day in, day out, uh, to see how much people care, the passion. It's very unique. Obviously, growing up in Canada and Toronto, I kind of experienced it but um to be in a western Canadian city and see the passion was quite special but uh it is different there's a lot more eyes on you a lot more uh a lot more opinions around and um you know at the end of the day though i think it's what you make of it and um uh i think it'd be a good thing and a bad thing but um i i see this you know it's a great opportunity people care about the team it's a good thing all right you mentioned the fact that you got more settled as the season went on uh you you basically played center i think for the final 30 games of the regular season after getting a, a look see at right wing for you know a lot of the first half of the year maybe just uh, uh elaborate i guess a, a bit on 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 why you felt better at center and and also taking on some different responsibilities like penalty killing yeah you know what i don't think it was anything too special i think you know at the start of the year the team really couldn't get any traction and um, as a new guy, they're trying to find somewhere for me, and um, you know our lines are pretty much shuffled, you know, every couple of days. So I think for everyone, it was a little bit tough to kind of find that uh, that consistency, and I was definitely a victim of that. And um, that that goes that that's on myself to uh, take responsibility for that. But me and Todd had some good talks later in the year, and I think that once I kind of settled in that role, I don't think I really I played third line center probably like you said last 30 games didn't switch and um, embraced some new roles. Like you said, I was on the power play a little bit here and there, and um, on the penalty kill too, taking a bit, a bit bigger of a role in that. So, you know, I, I think as the type of player I am, I have to find a role in this team. I know we have some great talent. I think I got a pretty good skill set. I think the game pretty well. So, I kind of had to find a way to make myself useful and be a part of the team and and be impactful. And I think towards the end of the year, I started to find that. Um, like I said, on a team with so much skill, you're gonna have to find different things you can do to help out. And um, I think that's what I tried to do. And um, with the help of the coaches, I think I was able to get a little traction that way. Had you done a lot of penalty killing when you were with the Islanders or back in junior? Um, not much in junior, only one year in junior, and then part of one season with the Islanders I did it. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Then the next year we brought in a couple of big names that were, you know, kind of bottom six guys, so to speak, and some depth guys, and they kind of took over those roles. So um, something I've done in the past, but, you know, I think as a power play guy, you kind of understand the way things work and, you know, the way things should be. and. Um, you know, when I was in New York, there was a, we had a pretty good penalty kill over there, so I got to see that day in and day out. And um, like I said, I mean, you know, I have different sets of skills, and I think you know, being able to think the game is one of them. And I think that's you know maybe helped me out a little bit in that aspect and uh, finding a little bit of a role for the team. I would suggest to you that the ability to process the game is the most important thing in hockey sense, and you have that. We're joined by Ryan Strom, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. fact of the matter is, your move to the PK coincided. Todd took over a little bit more ownership there on the penalty kill uh, in practice, based on what I could see, Ryan, and uh, tell from uh, watching upstairs. And, and you guys actually had quite a bit of success from February on on the PK after all those challenges uh, that the team had through the first four months yeah i mean i don't want to say that i'm the reason for that at all i mean 
I think I, uh, I embraced the role as a challenge for myself. I think, you know, me and JJ were pretty much together the most of the time, and we did a decent job. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we started to find some consistency as a unit. We found a – we switched our system up a little bit. We got some more saves. We got some lucky bounces. I mean, you saw the way things were going on home ice. It wasn't too pretty. But also, you know, some of it was almost uncontrollable. We were getting bounced on everything. So – um, I like to think that I helped out, and that's, you know, I was able to do it, and I did my best, and I take a lot of pride in that, but at the same time, I think it was kind of a whole unit coming together, and um, kind of a different system, and it seemed to work for us, uh, you know, the last 30 or 40 games of the season. There were times where you were snake bit offensively during the year, would you agree with that? Like, you hit a, you hit a bunch of posts and missed some yeah. one, it was kind of strange, sometimes, you know, you could have another year like that, and the exact opposite, and end up with 22 to 25 goals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is kind of what I said to the coaches in my meeting. I, I hate to live in a what-if world, but I still think that I've missed so many chances in you know, different parts of the year. And, you know, if you get streaky in a couple of those times and you get hot, you know, your numbers look really different and the team, you know, the wins and losses could be a little different. So I think that was the case for uh, a couple of guys on our team, not just myself, but, you know, definitely trying to do things in the summer that can, uh, you know, limit those uh, those stretches of not being able to score or, you know, snakebin and, you know, I think the summertime is a great opportunity to try to limit those what-ifs and uh, try to turn those things into sure things next year. Well, uh, a lot of those things that guys do in the summer tend to be on the ice. Is there anything a guy can do off the ice, like with visualization and those sort of things? Yeah, I've actually uh, started doing a little bit of vision training. I've always kind of had a uh, an eye that isn't too doesn't see as well as the other, so I've kind of you know tried a different approach. I'm seeing a great specialist in Toronto and doing a lot of work and trying to make my eyes work together and, uh, you know, wearing contact lenses, all that stuff, and as well as, you know, shooting pucks in the driveway, different things, and trying to work with different people in the summer. I mean, there's a bunch of things you can do. And, um, it was how competitive our game is and how, uh, you know, there's always someone knocking on the door. You want to try every advantage you can, and um, I'm no different. And just trying to find out what works and what can make me better. And uh, at the end of the day, when I'm better, the team is better. And winning makes everyone happy, as you know, and uh, that's kind of the goal for us as players. So vision training would that would that affect your ability as an example theoretically to one time pucks like you got a good shot but you have to cradle a puck what I've noticed is you know when you cradle it you got a real good snap and wrist shot right but when you in this game you don't always have all the time in the world to, to cradle that puck sometimes you got a uh, the one time with the visualization theoretically maybe assist in that regard. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, the idea is that, you know, instead of kind of guessing where the puck could be by your vision not being at par, that, you know, hopefully, that, you know, that can, you know, make it a little easier and your instincts can take over and your brain knows what you're doing. So wow. I don't really quite understand it completely, but um, <laughs> people that I'm working with seem to know what they're doing and seems to be helping. It's actually a lot of fun. It kind of opens up your mind to different ideas and um, the way you see things every day are a little differently. And, um, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, at least you tried it. And that's kind of the day and age we live in. It's uh trial and error and you want to be as good as you can as, you know in life and as a hockey player and um i'm no different than anyone else ryan uh another part of your game i know when we spoke in the off season uh, the the exit interview you said that uh, you wanted to improve in the face-off circle and that's a given because you're in the mid-40s you are a right shot uh are there things you can do in the off season to get better in that regard absolutely i think uh you know strength is one of them some wrist strength and all that stuff i mean most of the guys that are taking face-offs are big strong guys but i think it also comes down to a little bit of technique and um, fortunately enough in Toronto, I'm able to work with, you know, a lot of NHL players and you know, a lot of great skill coaches that have different ideas. And, um, when you're, when you're with the likes of, uh, you know, John Tavares is Connor McDavid and they're in the dressing room with you in the summer, you're able to kind of pick their brain on different hockey aspects. And, um, with some of those guys, face-offs is one thing I've been kind of talking to them about. And 
um, as we ramp things up here into July and August, I'm sure we'll be working on them because, you know, like I said, we, everyone wants to be better, and I'm no different. And um, Lucky enough, I'm surrounded by great people and great hockey minds to do that. And, um, I, there's no shortage of resources around me. I try to use them all, and um, that's definitely one aspect that I'm going to look to improve on. And, um, it's already The process has already kind of begun. Ryan, two more questions for you. Uh, first of all, when you guys do one-on-one drills, Who's trying to avoid that matchup uh, when you guys are out there in Toronto on the ice against Connor McDavid? Everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, nobody wants to get embarrassed in the summer, especially when uh, when he shows up to our skates. Sometimes there's about a hundred kids in the rink looking to watch him, so you never want to get paired up against him. So I, you know, I like to think we got the same Oilers uh, practice here as the on the team. So um, yeah, he's a special uh, talent, and uh, he's not afraid to uh, make you look silly no matter what time of the year. All right, and have you watched any of the World Cup? Uh, a little bit of the World Cup. Not too big of a soccer guy. And, um, the games usually are kind of in the middle of the day, so right. I'm trying to, you know, skating Skate, or golf yeah. or whatever. But um, I've watched some of them, and uh, my fiance's family is Italian, so they boycotted the World Championships this year, or the World Cup this year. So uh, hasn't been on too many TVs, but I'm kind of following what's going on. Uh, all right, awesome stuff. Uh, we wish you uh, the best of luck, and uh, you know what? Your fiance's family uh, boycotted the World Cup, and I saw Italy play in the uh, qualification. It looked like they boycotted playing, so <laughs> I had to get that shot. Ryan, hey, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on the new deal. We'll see you here in the fall, okay? Thanks, Bob. Take care. That is Ryan Strom. Very interesting stuff on the uh, visualization end of things. Um, I'm going to be intrigued to see how that helps. Uh, and these are, think about it. Brendan, think about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, eyesight. What's the most important thing for a guy to have on the ice is vision. And and so he admitted, you know, his and not every player has twenty twenty vision. That's just a stat. There's been lots of guys that have have one eye that's more dominant than the other. It's pretty interesting stuff that he's doing there. So, well, I have a lazy eye, a bit of a lazy eye as well. So I know what he's if, if that's what he's talking about when he says both eyes don't work as well together, and that's right. what he's trying to get at. So I don't know. It is interesting because what what I notice with him is when he gets the puck cradled on his stick. He can rip it. But his ability to one-time, I mean, the guys that are elite one-timers of the puck, there is a couple. First of all, they can find the puck. Secondly, they can find openings so skilled playmakers can get them the puck. Like Ovechkin, say it's he's not always in the same spot. Yes, he might always be uh, towards the left face-off circle on the power play, but he's in different spots on that left side. But he's going to where there's openings to get to. Interesting stuff. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Strom does moving forward. It's 1228 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And uh, we'll come back, get to NHL today, get to some of your texts. Might even open up the phone lines. This is Oilers Now.